Hello, party people. My name is Krista Keogh, and you're listening to Granted, the podcast that puts the fun in funding. Today, we're in the studio with Gianna Lauren. She's an artist, music industry professional, and is described by The Coast as a bit of a mystery. Since her debut in 2010, she's released three records and several singles on the beloved label and management group, Forward Music. Gianna is also a grant writer, so I'm really excited to talk to her more about that today, too. Thank you for joining us today, Gianna. Thank you for inviting me to be here. So you and I, we don't know each other very well. And I find that so surprising because I feel like we've been in the music industry in Halifax for about the same time, like a decade. And so when I was reading a bit about you, I saw that the coast describes you as a bit of a mystery. And so that really rang true to me, too. So I really appreciate you being here because this is great. Let's Um, solve this mystery. It'd be great to get to know you a bit more. So... What I know about you from um, from your website was that you call Edmonton, Ottawa, and Halifax your homes. So can you tell me about that, why those places are so special to you? I grew up in Edmonton. Okay. Lived there till I was 16. Yeah. And then uh, halfway through high school, my father's job transferred us to Ottawa. Oh. And Ottawa became my second home. And lived there for quite a few years with the um, times in university and the oh. uh, um, was where I started music actually in Ottawa. There was a really sweet little scene going on there at the time, but I eventually wanted to travel to new places and discover new communities. And there was something very intriguing about the East Coast. It was mostly the music community that drew me here and a crush (laughs) and a desire to be near the ocean. And so it's been 10 years now that I've been calling Halifax home. Even though I've left a little bit here and there, I have been mostly rooted here for the past decade. Wow. That's so interesting. So you started music when you were in Ottawa. Were you So did you start writing music and performing then? And were you going by your name then as well? Or were you part of a band at the time? I started writing music in 2008 mm-hmm. under the name Gianna Lauren. Even though I'd been in lessons for uh, for as long as I can remember, I started to find a a voice and a creative outlet through writing music Mm -hmm. then and was friends with a lot of musicians who encouraged and inspired me to get out there and perform. And I think it was the community aspect of it that really led me to pursue it further as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got really interested in sounds and production and having finding a way to express what I was hearing in my head uh, mm-hmm. on recording and yeah it was um, it was a really fun creative time. Well that's awesome. So today 
I guess maybe since you moved to Halifax, your music is released on the label and management group Forward Music. Um, and some of your label mates are Joshua Van Tassel, Paper Beat Scissors, the Olympic Symphonium. And you, you know, there's eight of you in total and then some alumni as well. And I feel like there's such a great sense of community, speaking about community amongst that group. Um, how did you start your relationship with Ford Music and like how has that evolved for you? I'm so glad you brought this up because another part of what brought me here is that group of folks involved with Forward, which originally started in New Brunswick 12 years ago now, and they uh, eventually moved the company to Nova Scotia. Um, I can't remember how long ago now, maybe eight years ago now. Um, need to fact check on that. Oh, but sure. <laughs> um, when I was living in Ottawa, the group Share reached out to me. And speaking of forward alumni, yeah. uh, they reached out to me about playing a show with them in Ottawa on the tour for Share's Pedestrian album, which I still go back and listen to all the time. I love that album and Andrew Sisk's songs. And I I had so much fun that night and we really connected and some of the folks seemed to really appreciate what I was working on at the time and they really encouraged me to keep at it. And when it came time for the Jana Lauren band to tour out east on my first album release in 2008, I reconnected with those folks and uh, it just kind of grew from there and Uh, When I was officially landed in Halifax and I had played my first show in April 2009 as a Haligonian resident, Daniel Ledwell was mixing the live show at the company house there. And uh, this was a show that I was playing with Andrew Sisk from Share. S H A R E, (laughs) not to be confused. In case you want to look it up. (laughs) Yes. Um, And Dan... Ledwell asked me if I would, uh, if I had any songs that I needed to record. And because he was getting started out as an engineer uh, at that stage and trying to exercise some of those muscles. And um, and so we recorded a lot of um, songs in his basement on Buddy Day Street when he used to live there. Um, and so this is Daniel Ledwell, of course, of um, Jen Grant fame and uh, in-flight safety history. And yes, yeah, so that was... And so around that time, Kyle Kunjak of Forward Music was helping me sort of make the connections and put it all together. And they... When they heard the album, they said they really wanted to put it out on Forward, and I've been with the team ever since. Wow, that's awesome. It is a great group, and I feel that – is Kyle, would you say, the – he founded it, and then he also runs it, uh, the label and the management group. Like, he would be the most senior person. Is that fair? Kyle Kunjak is the owner and operator of Forward Music Group, which is the mm-hmm. artist management uh, company. Mm-hmm. 
but it was originally founded alongside James Boyle, who right. is now the executive director of the Halifax Pop Explosion, and Zach Atkinson, who is the owner slash booker at the Capitol Complex in Fredericton, New Brunswick, which is where Forward was founded. Okay, that's right. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. I love this about Halifax probably is you can kind of see the relationships and see how things have unfolded and it helps you better understand those things, I guess. And so Zach now, it looks like maybe doing um, focusing on shivering songs. Mm -hmm. And then you are, are you doing events as well with Forward Music Group or do you have um, a business role at all? Yeah, so in addition to playing music and working in the arts, I um, wear some hats in event management and project management. And so it is something that was born out of a necessity to have a side gig, but also a passion to help people with their projects and their events, uh, which is something that's very fulfilling and rewarding for me. And with particularly with Forward, I have sort of dipped in and out of assisting them with um, various projects as needed. So for instance, uh, Joyful Talk is one of the artists on the Forward Music Group label, and I've helped them with some projects, particularly particularly with Jay Crocker's art installation called Bibolo. So this was a new venture for Forward because they had an artist who also has uh, an established art career. So I was sort of helping try and find places for that project to go and show. Uh, so that was really exciting. And I've also assisted with Joshua Van Tassel's book and soundtrack project called Cross Worlds. And so that was another new exciting release for Forward because Joshua Van Tassel and author Jordan Crute created this beautiful story, uh, which they published as a, a book called Cross Worlds, but Josh also composed and recorded a soundtrack to go with each chapter of the book. And so you listen to the soundtrack as you read the book, and it's a really cool experience. And so then all of a sudden, Forward was in the book business, and then they were trying to find homes for this really cool multidisciplinary project. So I helped with that. But in addition to helping Forward, which is kind of as a um, need to basis, I also contribute to some local festivals. Uh, Obey Convention is an experimental music festival that I work on the team for with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um in artist relations and helping with their hospitality. Uh, I've also, I'm currently working on the Halifax Independent Filmmakers Festival, organizing mm -hmm. that festival, wow. which is coming up. And um, yeah, there's a, a bunch of different other projects on the go, but That's those have exciting. been some of the main current ones. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so neat. I love um, learning about projects that have, multidisciplinary arts pieces. I just think that's so neat. You know, way early on, I really enjoyed when artists would work with visual designers and just do their artwork for their album and then the photography. And then now with 
social media, we have so many opportunities to create graphics and share different videos. And then in real life, we can, you know, people are really challenging. And I think this is something that you folks at Forward have done too, and yourself probably too, come up with really creative ways to have live performances, to invite people in for shows. I remember the showcase, uh, the no cases, I should say, that used to go on and they would be, um, you know, in a little museum or a little store or something. And it just was a really neat way to present art. So I think that's, that's really cool. And that seems to be a theme in like all of the things that you do is presenting art in creative ways. Well, thank you for noticing yeah. that. It yeah. is a mission of the group to really find these listening spaces and take shows out of bars when possible and really make the performance the main focus of why people are there. I have fond memories of doing those no cases um, outside of the official showcase list yeah. at the, you know the music nova scotia's and the east yeah. coast music weeks but we're not allowed to do those anymore <laughs> really yeah it was um both uh festivals unless we wanted to buy in right. to the festival programming mm-hmm. uh, we were very strongly discouraged from putting those on again which is a disservice to what we do as artists um, and the company um, and not a very community-minded experience, Mm. unfortunately. Yeah, that's too bad. I hope they do come back in some way. Well, I see where those organizations are coming from. They're running a business and Mm -hmm. they are trying to probably monopolize the audience to, you know, keep everyone sort of under their hat. Mm-hmm. And so I understand where they are coming from. But for artists like us on the forward label who do what we do, which is a little outside the mainstream and who are not selected for the official showcases, but who are worthy of performance space and time, um, it's, you know, it's a bit of a tricky situation. And it's hard to find opportunities for exposure to the music industry delegates that these organizations are flying in to check out the local music. So it, you know, in some respects, we do operate outside the mainstream, but I, you know, we still do feel like part of the community, but sometimes it is like fighting to be part of the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then so, is it true that you're also doing grant writing for other artists and people you know and things? And so when did you start doing that more? Yes, I have been doing some grant writing for uh, folks in the in the music industry since I started in October 2018. So it's still fairly new. Um, and even though uh, – and that was more on an official – you know, higher hiring basis, or that's when I was for the first time putting myself out there as this was a service that I could offer to people, even though I had been writing grants for myself or assisting organizations with their applications for the past few years. Nice. So it kind of came out of um, a way to make money, I guess. I guess I had just been laid off from a position that came quite as a surprise. And oh, I was sorry. trying to... Oh, thank you. No, it's uh, 
it all worked out. Yeah, there you go. That's sometimes they do. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was trying to think of, you know, skills that I could put out there. And I was quite surprised by the response and the level of interest from uh, other musicians or from folks who work in artist relations who are managing other musicians and artists that uh, were looking for that kind of work. Um, and, you know, I think my my rate was friendly. And um, so I started putting myself out there and I have uh, since then um, generated a few a few friendly clients. It's such a privilege to be able to help people with their projects and help them realize their potential through funding programs. But I have mixed feelings about this new quote-unquote career that I've taken on writing grants with folks because it was born out of a necessity um, not because I see it as a a fruitful thing. Um, I actually have a hard time charging folks for my time, even though I know my time is valuable and I know that there's really important work that goes into writing grants. And even though I do really actually enjoy writing grants, which I know makes me a little bit strange, at least that's what other folks have told me, but it is a, it's like playing roulette. And I can, I always warn folks that grants are not guaranteed and that even though I have history of getting this particular grant from this program, I can't promise that I can get you this grant, do you still want me to spend the five to 10 hours and charge you for my time to write it? And, you know, in some cases, uh, folks might say no, or we might find a workaround. And, um, but in other cases, I am charging them for my time. And it is something that I I have a little bit of anxiety about, Mm -hmm. even though I know it's a valuable service. And so something that I wish that we could do differently in regards to grants, because so much of the pressure is on the artist to get the money, which I think is important if you're at an emerging level, because it teaches you so much about the business, but it also takes away from the thing that the artist should be doing, which is focusing on making music and making the best possible music that they can make. Because in a lot of cases, these folks don't have people writing grants for them. They're doing it themselves and they're trying to figure it out themselves. So I would love to see these funding programs fund the venues fund the promoters, fund, uh, you know, fund the radio stations, fund the, the record stores. And instead of artists sitting there trying to get money to go on tour, trying to get enough money to, you know, for, to pay for their meal, mm-hmm. if this venue had the support to offer a satisfying guarantee to feed these people that are mm-hmm. on the road who come in hot off the highway, uh, or if you know, if Nova Scotia could fund the recording studios, so the um, so they have, you know, they don't they don't have to charge as much to these 
younger artists, for instance. Um, You know, so just I just sort of, you know, maybe funding more the industry so artists can focus on being artists. And, you know, I haven't fully thought this out yet, but, you know, because I still think that there Mm -hmm. should be some degree of accountability or, um, you know, that that, you know, but I do think it would be really interesting because venues have so much potential to do better or, mm-hmm. you know, spaces where people play music or make music. And maybe by them getting funding, maybe they can do those things better. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if they had money to hire a promoter, then yeah. more audiences would hear about these events happening and mm-hmm. maybe audiences would be more likely to come out to something mm-hmm. if it was properly promoted. I don't know. Maybe if we yeah. had all ages spaces, sorry, yeah. spaces in this place, that would be where nice. people to play. Then maybe we would then be fostering and investing in our future. But all ages spaces that not you know they they need help too because it's often younger folks running these spaces that are in school and yeah. you know working on working on their lives too so yeah i you know i think that some of these models for funding are very antiquated and when i'm writing these grants for people i i i see so much missed opportunity in where the money is and where the money goes yeah so my last question i can't believe the time just flew by but we have talked a lot about community so for you what do you think what do you think goes into creating a really great community? Hmm. Folks need to feel welcome and that they can express themselves artistically and feel encouraged and feel like they can get feedback from people Um and if they can feel inspired to push themselves to grow um, and as an artist and as a human, then that is a very important aspect of community for me personally. And I think interdisciplinary work is important too. Um because I, th- I think having our individual communities, you know, respective to whatever field this community might or sector this community might be right, you mean like music in. or theater versus yeah. film communities. So I like think different arts. I think it's important for me to see a broader connectivity between the arts community as a whole, because I think you know we as musicians talk a lot to we talk to each other and we support each other um and maybe only within a certain genre yeah. or maybe um you know because i i understand i recognize that i you know come from a very specific sort of community um or you know work with other artists who are of a specific community or primarily you know um identify from a particular cultural group or whatnot. And so I think there's a lot of room to grow our 
respective communities and work better with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that will involve some training on how to, like, uh, be a better ally um, for underrepresented groups who maybe aren't getting a lot of exposure or are, you know, their communities need help reaching next levels. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking sort of very generally, but I think it's um, good. I think it applies to a lot of groups. I do. Yeah. To to a lot of different communities, that idea. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, when I moved here from afar is because I thought that um, Nova Scotia and Halifax kind of had it going on in regards to the arts and um, the communities that I was attracted to being part of. But, you know, Halifax is a transient place and people come and go all the time and that changes our idea of community or what community means to us. Uh, at least it has for me. And so I think it's I'm I'm really trying to put myself out there more to different kinds of arts communities and just trying to be I don't know, just trying to be out there more because um I think it will really strengthen how we can be um mm-hmm. and how we can <laughs> I guess live as artists here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, there's a lot of potential in Halifax and Nova Scotia um, for the community to be a little bit more stabilized, I think, um, whether or not that comes from funding or looking out for one another in our respective communities and beyond. Um, but I think it's an interesting time in Nova Scotia in particular, and there's a lot of room to 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 grow and to help the arts here. Because um, I think Nova Scotia treats the, you know, treats music as one of their, like, founding cornerstones right like every, mm-hmm. you know if you ever see sure. a tourist ad for nova scotia there's going to be someone with a fiddle someone with an acoustic guitar um and nova scotia has this i mean do you do you feel that this way that internationally nova scotia is known as like this music hub yes we have a we have a music we have a sound we have it's part of our culture exactly sure. and so but on the ground Sometimes I feel like there's a bit of a different story mm-hmm. here. I know a lot of artists who are struggling because mm-hmm. there are fewer places to play mm-hmm. and the, you know, guarantees haven't increased for live performance. There's a lack of funding for artists of various levels and the price of the cost of living is going up like crazy and yet the, you know, cost and so is the cost of doing business and yet mm-hmm. Um, and the music industry is changing so much, but I don't think that it ha- has changed enough to support this new era mm-hmm. that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot, a lot of folks who are um, really, who are working so hard, but the change is coming 
slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to see a little more um, action from mm-hmm. the province, whether that is the community's culture and heritage, mm-hmm. whether that is the municipalities, um, whether mm-hmm. that is means that we, um, you know, st- stop building condos and start saving heritage properties mm-hmm. or ban Airbnb so people mm-hmm. have affordable places to live. I don't know. It can, yeah. you know, there's a, I have a bunch of different ideas on how we can really strengthen the arts community mm-hmm. here uh, on a ground level, but also from um, a more administrative level. And I mm-hmm. know I'm rambling. I'm sorry. Uh, but. No, that's really good. I mean, and I think that probably other communities see it too. I know we were just in Charlottetown for ECMA a couple weeks ago, and I had been talking to a woman who was working in a cafe. And she said that uh, she made a remark about Airbnbs because I was staying in one. And she said, you know, the Airbnbs have really forced out a lot of people who would love to live here, but people who own property, they don't want to rent out you know, for a year to someone, a lot of students, sometimes she said their experience was the landlord would break their lease when the summertime came because they wanted to Airbnb the apartment they were in. So yeah, I agree with you that the infrastructure needs to be there. I've talked to other artists and I started out myself with like in a in a place where there were six other people living there and the rent was super cheap, but I had to keep my um, my expenses low because, like you said, it, it's really challenging to support yourself in the beginning when you're working in the arts and and the opportunities are limited. But I love that you came here and you have a really great – a number of communities that you're part of. Like with radio, we didn't even get to talk about that, but that's been a big mm-hmm. part of your career and in making music and now your new endeavors to do events and – work with the different people in the arts and funding. I think that's awesome. And I love your ideas about funding too. I think, I think it's worth a second look. Um, and the okay. culture action plan from the province, I think is brilliant. If we just did the things that are in the culture action plan, like mm-hmm. if ours Preach. systems, yeah, we're set up that way. Right. Because it's such a beautiful document. Like I love every theme and I just feel like, if we can all sort of like if we could come together and sort of walk in that general direction or believe in those things that that those what's in there is important i think that could really go a long way um thank you so much for your time this has been such a joy thank you thanks for having me thanks it's really we can chat more about grants and the fun and funding me too more (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm glad you caught that. Yeah, Yeah. definitely can. We'll be sharing some resources. I know of a couple good programs I'll tell you about. Just when I come across them, I'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? Love that. So there you go. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts so you never miss a new episode of Granted. Produced by Chris DiCchio and John Mullane at John Studio in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Follow us on social media. We are at Granted Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow us on Twitter at Granted underscore Podcast. <laughs>